Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the USL show sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, your home for men's and women's national team USL and MLS scarves, as well as custom scarves for your club or personal use. Feel free to check those guys out at roughneckscarves.com. This podcast is also produced by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts, which we are very proud to be a part of. Check out the whole network at bgn.fm, as well as on Twitter at the BGN. FM. I am your host, Evan Valella, joined sometimes by my soccer colleagues, sometimes by my soccer acquaintances, but they're always my soccer friends. And for the next hour or so, I will be your moderator, host, or maybe even your facilitator of a discussion of, uh, well, first it'll be the third week of USL action, and then a bunch of statements, basically. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I'll be your arbitrator, but I didn't, I, you know, low-hanging fruit, it's... US PR department. Maybe, maybe. Joining me this week, the man that you just heard, in fact, is the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee. It's Phil Grimms. Phil, what's up? How's it going? Yeah, I'm good. I, I used to like wonder how you got the intro right as often as you do. Everyone at home, he never does it twice or three times like I would have to doing this. You always get the in- intro right, except for that last episode. I was like, is he going to get it? You got it. Yeah, well, it's because I wrote it down, Phil. Well, okay. So you prepare. This is a new. I have it all typed out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well done. What you what you don't hear is when I have to put it at the beginning and I don't do it live. That's when I do it like nine times because I always think I sound stupid or something. I get that too. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. But so now that we're squared and and we can do some inside baseball, I do actually have it written down in front of me, <laughs> especially for the nicknames because I never would remember all of these, and I have them written down for everyone that's been on the pod pretty much, which is awesome. Um. Next, it's uh, it's he's basically the best parts of of Chuck Polinick and Elliot Smith. It's uh, it's big Kev, Kevin McCamish. Hey, hey, this episode is not safe for FC Cincinnati fans. Oh boy. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, yes. a little bit, a little bit. Hold on, hold, wait for it, wait for it. Barely. Um, and and perhaps one of the main reasons, or at least the man with the reputation for for doing this, uh, if if USL had an Equestria, he'd be a Rainbow Dash. Um, and if you think he hates your team, well, one, it's because he has facts to back it up, and two, you're probably right. It's uh, it's Pony. I'm not gonna make many friends today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you at work or anything, or are you just continuing the trend, really? I see. I, more or less, even. Mm. Quiet day at work. Mm. No one bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> he has a giant FC Cincinnati scarf at work that he wrote over that just says, <laughs> please don't talk to me. Anyway, guys. Scarf for you, Pony. I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see, Kev, I know you have ins with the with the Portland Timbers community, which is what I'm calling them now. Um, <laughs> them? Okay. Yeah, yeah, those people. I almost, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But instead of no pity scarf, can you just have one that says no pony and do it in <laughs> FC Cincinnati colors and give it to them? Do you know how we can do that? We can actually go to uh, Roughneck Scarves. You can go to roughneckscarves.com. They, they make custom scarves. They do. And you know what? They probably team. make the ones that Timbers Army use, right? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Can we pretend? Let's let's just yeah, pretend that they do. do. And if they don't, then we're going to have to have a talk with whoever's the president of Timbers Army. Yeah, we can work that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, dear Lord, we're already getting off track. This is going to go terribly. Uh <laughs> Guys, there were some games that happened last week before we get into the fun times at the at the second half of the show. So let's run those down. Um, 
if if you guys don't know or if you weren't aware or if you're new to the podcast as you might be after our amazing statement we released this this afternoon hmm. via the twitter uh we were um tasked by the league to put our no money where our mouths are and um do the usl pickums for the media this week and uh i will have you all know that uh, we we finished top level with uh, with Mike Watts, who might I add changed some of his picks when he was on the show to when the graphic hit. So I'm calling some BS on that one. Anyway, I th- I think when you talk to us on that one episode, he's like, yeah, I th- these guys actually know what they're talking about. I should probably mm. choose some of my stuff. <laughs> I would like to think that's what he thought, but I you know I don't I don't know about that. But anyway. I form of insider trading just somehow oh yeah martha we're gonna put him in jail and then he's gonna come out with fabrics and things available at target i'm excited <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm very excited i it's wonder like how his interior design game is mike let us know i say like, we didn't do good though we were six and eleven yeah <laughs> yeah still I good mean, for first place i mean you, know, you can you can only beat who's in front of you you know it's fans. one of those we did that's why you listen to us yes so um, what we're going to do, we're just going to kind of go down the uh, the list, I suppose. And uh, and if anyone has any words, we can have those words. Uh, RGV and Reno did not play. Oh, we had them picking as a draw. So we were actually right because they did draw, but it was nil-nil and it didn't happen yet. So, so we're good. So we can't talk about that one. So moving on. Um, Oklahoma City and Orange County in that really weird timed game on well no that was the night game on wednesday so that's fine yeah. but uh oklahoma city uh lost that game and we had them them winning so orange county won one nothing a good result for them i think they had a better one <laughs> at the end of the week but yeah, yeah they did yeah <clears throat> i mean and either way it was a very good road trip through the uh oklahoma state for or Orange County. Yeah, and I would say this one was probably more meaningful in mm. results and, and what we can take from its results. So, you know, but um, it looks like OC's good. Pony's probably yeah. got more to say about that in the other game, but um, man, they're they're scoring goals now and uh, winning games. So maybe this is uh, a thing that can continue for them. I wasn't seeing it this soon. Mm. And then moving on from there, we had Seattle Sounders 2 playing Fresno. Fresno got the dub in what hopes to be them turning their kind of misfortune around. Uh, one nothing result for them. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, we got that pick right, so that's good. Yep. Again, we know what we're talking about. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, New York beat Charleston to the surprise of no, but well, I mean, I guess the surprise is that they won 5-2 to two and um, Pony, I, I think you have some words of about their new and kind of angry striker. Yeah, well, that's Charleston. New York is, I don't, they're, they're so confusing. They have probably have one of the best offenses and worst defenses in the league right okay. now, which is going to be, it, it. they're a fun team to watch because it could be a 5-2 game every week with them ending up on either side of it. But it's true. Starting with my not making friends, the ex-Tulsa striker, Stavantinson, I, I can't pronounce his name, Savanson. There's a lot of vowels and very few consonants, or a lot of consonants. In, I would yeah, go something like that. Yeah, do that. It Ian. looks like a misspelled word. But, I mean, he was bothering me in this game. I mean, granted, he was getting a lot of his shots blocked. He wasn't getting too many good opportunities. But in the second half, he seemed to kind of go off the rails. 
there was a point where he got beat when he was going, trying to go in for a goal and just flat out two-handed shoved a New York defender afterwards. He ended up getting a card for argument. So I guess the ref didn't see him just push someone over for no apparent reason. But later on in the game, he actually had another good drive to goal, lost a one-on-one versus the keeper. And he got upset, walked away kind of the edge of the touchline back to the keeper, kind of like yelling at himself while the play was still going. Mm. The keeper dropped the ball out to about the top 18-yard box. And Ian is sitting there not even paying attention to what's going on. And if he was involved in the play, he might be able to get a good be there for, an, for a goal on a nice assist for it to happen, but I, Charleston's having some offensive problems, but you can't have him carry the team, which you're trying to almost have him do at this point, and if he is going to take that role, he has to be a little more level-headed and not get not let bad luck and bad bricks get to him, or Charleston's going to have a very, very long year. Yeah. I'd say especially as a striker because, you know, you're not going to get a lot of chances, and if you ruin any of them, um, that's just going to hurt your stats at the end of the year on top of that. It means less money in the long run, typically. Sure. Well, and, you know, being a striker, especially early in a season with a new club and a new conference, you know, you're seeing a lot of new teams who um, have tape on you, but they don't know how you play in in person, so that could be a little bit of, of an advantage. Um, but you know, just to get in a rhythm where you, you score goals or get good chances or don't let that bother you because it's only, you know, three weeks in, um, especially for a team that's built for a target forward, it's not promising. And I know you, you got smacked by Red Bull, so I don't know if it was part of him just kind of resigning himself to the defeat or what, but, um, yeah, that's not a great look for the battery. Speaking of not great looks, uh, Bethlehem lose to Nashville one, nothing now, um, this wasn't a penalty. <laughs> that being said, uh, well, I, I have two things. So one, uh, about the officiating, if you're going to call that a penalty, which is you're right. And that's, that's fine. If you think it was go for <laughs> it, maybe not a red card. Uh, or if it's, uh, if it's not a penalty, you know, red card, cause if you're going to be wrong, don't be that wrong. Well, wait, wait. So the, yeah. the, now what happened? Like there was a red card and a penalty. Yeah. So so what happened? Uh, it, that rule. No. So uh, and and to be fair, this was the uh, the official, and I won't say his name for uh, well because it won't matter because he probably isn't going to get a job in yeah. the center again after this because he actually this was his first center refereeing job. Um, and I get that USL's purpose in smart and a very small part is to develop referees, but I don't think giving center refereeing jobs to guys, you know, for their first game in the middle should happen in the, in the second division of American soccer. But mm-hmm. that's just me. Could be a sign um, of how desperate they are too. Hint, hint. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's not an enviable job because then you have people like us come on podcasts and talk about these guys, you know? So, um, but that being said, what happened, um, one of, I think Michael Cox, actually, uh, former Orlando City boy, got in behind Steele's back line and Brandon Aubrey brought him down about mm, a yard or two outside of the box. Uh, in the second minute, like two and a half minutes in, um, referee takes about two and a half minutes to decide whether or not it's a penalty and if it's a red card, decides that it's both. Um, mm-hmm. 
Cox converts the penalty, which is Nashville's first goal ever, which is a dead ball. So that's not super great. Um, but then for the remaining 85 minutes, steal a man down looked almost to be the better team. Now, granted, Nashville couldn't finish for anything. Um, you know, Michael Cox got a bunch of good chances. You had um, where Papa Mensa came on in the second half and had a couple good looks on goal. Uh, you know, some of their midfielders got up and, and had good shots. And, you know, Jake McGuire, to his credit, made a bunch of good saves. But on top of that, um, the the steel back line of, of basically just Prosper Chalua and um, and Matt Mahoney, who were guys who were about my height at like 5'9 or 5'10 or 5'11 and not terribly strong, played the offside trap like perfectly and caught Nashville offsides like five or six times in the second half, which I think is inexcusable. Because you only have to look for two or three guys and stay in front of them. And even then, you're telling me that Michael Cox and some of those other guys can't outmuscle some wingbacks. Then I, I don't know what you're doing. So um, not great officiating uh, on that one call. And then it was a very physical game from there. And, and Nashville grounded out their win. But at the same time, I think Nashville's got to be really concerned about their lack of being able to finish, especially a man up for 85 minutes. So <clears throat> I'm confused. And, yes. and maybe because... For two reasons. One, I know that it's different. <clears throat> I know it's different in MLS, and with the, how like USL and MLS their agreement works and stuff, USL is really trying to be as much like MLS as possible. So, yes, it, at least at least in MLS, I thought maybe it was like an actual FIFA rule change, but I, I don't know if that's the case. But at least in, in MLS, when a foul in the box occurs, it's no longer a red card, even the if it's double not, jeopardy kind of yeah. Rule. Exactly. Even if it's a denial of a goal scoring opportunity, it's still going to be a yellow because you don't need to double punish from someone. So they get the penalty. Now, if it's anything outside the box, that's that's going to be red card, but right, not a penalty. Right. So right. why that ref would give both confuses and concerns me. Right. And so the nice thing, and of course it has to happen today when we're recording, but there was disciplinary. Phil, you did a you did a good bit of reporting and figured out that they have disciplinary uh, meetings every other week on on Tuesdays, I suppose. And, um, you know, that's for reviews. And I'm sure that's when, when individual clubs can appeal, I would imagine. I imagine that's when USL yeah. says what perhaps everyone has been, you know, they collect all the complaints and maybe talk about the ones. So um, I would imagine Bethlehem has appealed that red card um, and whether or not they win, I'm sure we'll find out tomorrow or later this week, or actually I'll even shoot a text off to, to the club tomorrow and see if, I can't shore that up, but um, yeah. And, you know, honestly, they played good, good soccer for 85 minutes. And I think, I think, you know, this weekend they can be a little, uh, it might be good for them that they, that they had that, that scrappy play and, and things like that. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, the bigger, the bigger story, which is crazy. And I know it's going to sound like I'm deflecting, but Nashville just couldn't find the net for anything. It was bizarre. Yeah. That's, that's been happening, right? Right, but yeah. they haven't been a man up for 85 minutes before. <laughs> you yeah. know, like True. if there's a game where you're going to get off the stride and get some goals in, like that should have been a four nothing victory. Yeah, Nashville is probably a top three or four defense in the East and bottom three or four offense. Like I said, I know I said it's like Bizarro New York Red Bulls. Yeah. Where they can't score and they're really hard to score on. Mm hmm. Yeah, and you were talking about Red Bull. They're, it seems like perhaps they're the opposite of Red Bull, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Which which would you rather watch? Uh, I'd rather watch Red Bull. There you go. Oh, yeah. Goals and see, like, zero, zero draws. 
<laughs> Nashville are a little chippy, and honestly, I hope um, I hope Lebo Maloto's all right because his face hit the dasher. That looked not fun. Um, anyway, Salt Lake City, uh, or sorry, Real Monarchs, SLC played the Portland Timbers too, and uh, and they won four to two. Kev, uh, thoughts? Um, the home side absolutely deserved to win. Uh, it was down. They were down two nil like within seven minutes. And I'm not even sure when the ball first crossed the halfway line, it could have been the 10th or 12th minute before it ever went to the other side of the field. Mm. In the first 10, first 10 minutes, it was literally like Salt Lake City were just dancing around the, the Timbers net. Like they literally just came out absolutely asleep. Um, and then a little bit later on the first half, I mean, Salt Lake City went up three nil, uh, T2 actually came back after that. I think they finally woke up and decided, Hey, we're on a soccer pitch. We have a ball. Maybe we should play some soccer. Yeah. might be a good idea. Um, and so from that point on, I think they actually played pretty level with the Monarchs. Um, they got themselves two goals back in it. They only gave up one. So, you know, obviously I want to see, you know, the T2 team that, that played the last 60 some odd minutes of that match, as opposed to the team that played the first 30. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it was absolutely deserved win by a team that, that I'm thinking is easily top two in the West. So. Yeah. Yeah. Monarchs kind of look like a team where for half an hour through the game at some random point, they will look like the best team in the league bar none and probably score two or three goals on you in that half hour. And for the rest of it, they just look okay. They kind of flow in and out. We saw this even first week with Tulsa, where they were down two to one in like the 80th minute, and they scored two goals in the last five minutes to win the game. It's just they can't play at that high of level for the entire game. When they hit mm. that gear, they're not going. No one could touch them. They just look so much yeah. better than anybody else we've seen. That's true. That's and that's almost exactly what happened. They came out firing for 30 minutes, and then the rest of it, T2, you know, put up a fight. I felt that way when uh, Louisville played, I want to say Nashville. I kind of felt that way about Louisville where, you know, I was like, man, are they going to win this game? And then right at the end, they just took off and, and got the two goals. They're kind of unstoppable at that point. Um, I, I feel like that's a true sign of a really quality team where they just kind of wear you down, look for their opportunities, and eventually they're going to find them. And a lot of times that seems to happen late in the games. Mm-hmm. unless it's totally tilted uh, as far as competition but yeah i mean i think if you combine the two weeks uh real monarch scored four goals in about a span of 10 minutes or for the tulsa plus portland game that's crazy yeah uh next match this was not what anyone was expecting um literally i think all of us well uh, Kev, myself, and Phil had this as a draw. Pony had Orange County winning, which they did, uh, but by five to nothing. And this is a little little slanty time here again because Tulsa was shorthanded, but um, Orange County looked great. Not great. Homophobic slurs against Robbie Rogers scored a couple goals and wears their armband, but that's uh, it's neither here nor there. So I talked to Raj because. We're, we're both uh, pretty used to having losing team records, you know, with the team that we follow and cover. And uh, so we were kind of crying on each other's shoulders a little bit. I know things are going better for St. Louis this year, but you just never know. And and um, they're having a rough year and um, some things are just going wrong and it's not looking good. It doesn't look like they've done what they did the previous Watch this game. 
I, I actually I actually watched this game and uh, or, or most of it actually, and saw the the two red cards that Tulsa drew, mm-hmm. um, and and I mean OC they did look good, um, but some of the stuff was a little bit confusing. And I actually was on uh, Tornado Alley last night talking to Roger about you know previewing T two as they face Tulsa this tomorrow and stuff like that. And we talked about the game, <clears throat> and I mean it was the, the officiating. You know, as from a neutral standpoint, I would say it was a little bit bizarre. Um, the the red cards. You know, I mean, the the first one where the player came through, he came through two footed studs up. I mean, by textbook definition, that's a red card, so that one's okay. Yeah. I mean, he went, he got the ball, but he he followed through. You know, with a lot of force and it's the, um, the and, reckless and, and, and endangerment yeah, and, kind of exactly, thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's be if he had if he had not followed through his, or had gone in as hard as he as he had, it could have been just a yellow. But I mean, he went in hard, two foot studs up, um, got the ball, but then clipped the player, and I think that was enough for red. But the second one, like, I mean, the announcers didn't know what was going on. I'm watching it, and all of a sudden, right. the ref just kind of runs and just throws up a red card, and like, wait, what? Who, who yeah. got a card? Who, who got a card, and why they get a card? Like, what? What in the world's going on? But I mean, I think like Tulsa was down like three nil at that point, so it's not like it's going to really affect the result. Yeah. Sure. Still, it was a little strange. Um, and and I mean, as I was watching that game, I was like, I, I feel good now about T two going into Tulsa. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if if T two does not fall asleep for you know any amount of time, if they stay focused for ninety minutes, like I think I can get my team can get three points when they go visit. So. But yeah. the thing is, like, I think in that match, I think Roger had said that uh, they had a left back substituting as a striker because they they didn't have anyone to, to to attack. They didn't have any attackers, and he was one of the guys that got a red card. So I don't know if Tulsa's going to be getting any goals this weekend. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Is that they just they just haven't gotten the the players that they did last year. They did so good a job last year, and this year seems like a bit of a disaster. Kind of like two two or three years ago, Tulsa looked like a bit of a disaster. So. Um, but he did mention when we talked that like after I think it's this next game against Portland, I think there's a long break until like mid April or something like that or late April. And so I'm hoping perhaps they can reset, you know, take the time to re reset everything, start over and, and get things in order because it's not they're looking like the worst team in the West right now. Yeah. And, and yeah. the fans are getting um, impatient, you could say, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to take away, Orange County's good. I mean, they could legitimately be the number four team in the West right now, I think. It's one of those that say, oh, there's no way the number four. They start thinking, well, who are they actually yeah. better than them? There's, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. <laughs> if they can actually start scoring, I mean, this is the first time they actually capitalized on all their chances very, very well. Mm. Granted, they were up 2 nothing, then the first red card happened, so things got out of hand quickly after that. But if Orange County could finish like they did to, on over the weekend, I see no no problem with saying they're the number four team in the West right now because they get their chances and their defense is not bad either. Works for me. No, they're not. <laughs> no, and you you said that online. I was like, come on, pump your brakes, buddy. And then you were like, well, who are who's in front of them? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I, I threw a couple out there, but honestly, none of them look as good as OC. If especially if OC can keep scoring. That's what it hinges on. Right. Uh, next game, in the in what I'm now going to start calling the what happened was game of the week, 
Richmond beat North Carolina without Dane Kelly, who now apparently plays for DC United again because the timeline that we're in merged with the one that we're not in, where yeah. Dane Kelly becomes an MLS superstar. And now all is right with the world, and I'm sure Lee Kalashal is confused. Now, the good news is they won, and um, all of our picks of Nashville just dist- or, sorry, North Carolina just destroying Richmond are, uh, are null and void. Um, Didn't so like, guys, we didn't get anything right. Did Mike call this? I feel like he called Richmond. No, he didn't. No, no, he didn't. no, no. He's no. not. No, because I asked him if he was that dumb, and he, he yeah, was he's like, no, no way. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, congratulations, Richmond, on the win. Um, I can't remember. City Stadium is is a fortress, or has been. So I'm, you know, True. the fact that it's back to that is a little troubling for the rest of the East. Um, but but you know, good for good for that club, good for that community. I can't remember if you said you guys gave me this game as what was supposed to be punishment. I listened and I, I forgot what game it was. I assumed it was. That sounds game. right. It might've been yeah. the Penn and Pittsburgh one. Oh, it was, no, it was this game. Oh, was oh, it? All right. Okay. Cool. So this is what I watched actually. And All I right, got good. so lucky that you guys did this to me because I really sincerely enjoyed this game. Um, again, I do like NC. I like watching North Carolina. Um, I'd still enjoy their soccer, even though they, they didn't score any goals, but it's really, it's good stuff. Honestly, I think, if, again, I think they're kind of like OC, where if they can figure out goal scoring, they're going to go really far. Yeah. Uh, but if they don't, they're going to kind of be a middling team. But uh, the other thing was Richmond. I since I've watched part of uh, one or two Richmond games so far this season. I think they flipped a switch this this week, where mm-hmm. they kind of figured out their mo. And I hope, even if it only happens at home, sure, what they did in that game made me have a little bit of faith in them. Like maybe put them above Charleston for me um, just because it, they seem to have figured that themselves out. Not only um, did they defend well against North Carolina better than any game in the past, which perhaps the late loanees had something to do with that, which we've talked about. Um, but they also had the better chances throughout the game and it was through defending well and counterattacking and taking advantage of their counterattacks. Um, so if they continue to do that all year, they're not going to be anywhere near as bad as as we all perhaps were starting to think they would be. Um, and after the game, I said, you know, if they had Dane Kelly, if they get Dane Kelly going finally, which I don't know where he is, uh, maybe they can do even better. But there he was playing for D.C. United, someone told me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Phil, keep talking. Tell me about you guys playing Colorado Springs. How was that? You picked up the 1-0 victory, which I'm sure was helpful. You know what's funny about this is I would say the first game St. Louis looked not great, but they pulled out a draw away against RGV. Second game, mm-hmm. I thought they looked like the good team that was playing colleges and tier four teams um, in preseason. I thought they looked exactly like that team, attacked similarly, uh, looked at almost as dangerous against a team that could defend better than uh, college and tier four um, in San Antonio, but they lost. This game, they won and were somewhere in between those those two games, like kind of mediocre, um, still figuring themselves out, I think, and hope, uh, if I may say so, um, because I do think they improved in some areas, but they're not dangerous enough yet. Um, they're not score, you know, they're not getting enough chances in the right spots. Um, the attacking down the wings thing seem to be less important, which is nice because I do want to see some balls down the middle and and Lewis Hilton is doing his best to try to get some balls in behind here and there, but it's not happening very often. Um, And and we were able to capitalize on on a long ball, which there were 
crap ton of uh, long balls um, in this game, which surprised me because St. Louis is at home. I thought they'd attack the way they normally did, and they went with the long ball, and it paid off. Um, the The Colorado goalkeeper came out. I, I forgot his name. I'm sorry, but he he came out a little bit. It was like a weird ball where he didn't know whether to come out, and he ended up deciding kind of late to come out. Didn't quite get there and started to run back at goal, and by then the ball was going over his head and into the goal with a nice long chip from Greg. So good job for him. Good job for uh, Lewis Hilton on, on the long ball there. But um, that's not how we want to see a win at home, a 1-0 win at home if you want to do well in the West. So perhaps they will peak later and look better later in the season, but they're not there yet for sure. This was for my sake. I'll go for it, Kev. I was going to say this was my only perfect prediction for this week. Yay, good, good man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for sake of brevity, I will lump these two games together because nothing happened to either of them. Uh, Los Dos and San Antonio draw nil nil, and then uh, the Keystone Cup, which I'm kind of refusing to acknowledge, is a complete trophy. Ended with a nil nil draw. Um, two things. One, God bless whoever has to put these highlight reels together. Um, <laughs> probably on an internship. So you know, free sandwich for them today uh but uh and and other than that oh my god pittsburgh needs to learn how to score goals also tommy heineman played for penn fc and that'll be fun in a minute um so really three things but yeah anyone with thoughts about either of these two games nope right uh pittsburgh i think can be good they had a lot of they had by far the better chances if they could actually start finishing chances it'll be a a good team because no one's going to score on them because believe all and he brought over some good defenders and San Antonio is hurt. They're not doing good right now, but they are very, very hurt. I think they're down four starters. Mm-hmm. They should still be being LA, but this I'd, I'd like to see what they start looking like once they get healthy. And Hopefully they haven't dug themselves too big of a hole. Yeah. And they have a new center back pairing, I think. So, um, you know, they're known for their defense, but they have some new guys in there. So just watch them. I do think they're going to improve as the year goes on. Yeah, LA also is going to be a good sneaky team to get a few really bizarre draws. Their defense is word of the week. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. But they've their defense isn't a complete dumpster fire. I could see them stealing a couple of zero zero one one draws here and there against people who everyone says are going to go and just destroy them. Sure. Are we talking about the indie game right now too? Indie we Cincy. have Charlotte and Atlanta, but after that, we are certainly talking about the okay. Indy. Oh, I mean, yeah, because since he won that, so we have to. Yeah, we got to get this make him happy. Does Does anybody Does anybody have anything on Charlotte and Atlanta other than I'm kind of surprised to see that one end in a draw? I thought, um, I well, I thought Atlanta was going to come out on top, but no one did. You know, you know what irritates me about that is I believe this was a game where we didn't have a majority pick and i had to and i and i had to switch i can't remember i think i actually never mind i thought i was i I thought i picked a draw but i think i swapped from atlanta to charlotte just to make sure we picked a team yeah yeah i was on the draw in the middle that's right all right never mind then i I thought i was like i would draw two two and i picked that's the actual result i picked it yeah never mind but yeah both teams i think could be charlotte and atlanta could both be interesting teams this season yeah they're both looking better than i think most of us thought they were going to be yeah, I think we both we all seem to think they were going to be a mid-table team that could improve, perhaps, especially Atlanta. But right now, we still haven't seen enough games from either team to know are they legit? Are they going to be a, you know a top six team or better? Uh, because they both have that potential without a doubt. 
I think Atlanta's a little bit better. Yeah. They, they took down New York already. Charlotte's taking care of two probably out of playoff teams without mm. much of an issue. Mm. But I think Atlanta looked a little bit better the two in the game. And overall, I think they have a, I mean, both are going to be near each other on the table unless something really switches though. Yeah. It might be like the difference between like sixth and seventh type situation. Yep. Uh, Next game, Indy and Cincy. Cincinnati gets the win, but that's not really the story coming out of this one. Uh, we had a bunch of people reach out to us either in DMs or just kind of hanging out on Twitter where, by the way, um, welcome all the new guys. Hello. It's nice to have you. And um, also, uh, thank you for being like super kind to each other. Like, I didn't see anything today where I went, wow, you're an asshole. So, so yeah. thank you. Agreed. Um, because like that can be, especially in um in a world where you know the biggest component of pro rel in the United States of America believes in chemtrails and stuff, like that can be a very easy thing to do. Um, <laughs> see what I did there? That was that was good. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, but yeah, the uh, the big uh, talking point out of this game was I think it was Jack McInerney, right? Oh, uh, I don't remember. Which, was it Kev? Uh, you know, uh, McInerney plays for eleven. Yeah, that's why oh, yeah. it's a talking point. Yeah. Oh, right. Because because he plays there. No, the uh, the talking point is that um, there was a uh, a rugby tackle in a soccer match that warranted no foul at all. Um, which is which is neat. Um, it's the new world we live in, I guess. And we had a, we had a bunch of people reach out that either you know new referees or, or you know uh, people that think they are referees in some cases, or even just people that know people. Um. And, and, you know, it's clearly a dirty play. Now, obviously, there was a, a two-handed push in the back about a minute before, so it was in retaliation for that. Um, I guess what I'll do is I'll just ask you, uh, starting with somebody, the pony, I guess, because you already don't have friends out in Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> is that a red card for you? Uh, um, Yes and no. It's fun for okay, me. If someone showed a good. someone showed a red card on that, I wouldn't have a problem. Okay. I think it being that early in the game is a major reason why it wasn't a red card, even though it, it should have been no. something. Like it should have been nothing. Yeah. But if it's right. in like the first ten minutes, I could see that of sneaking away with a yellow. Pony sneaky counter yeah. up at three. Um Phil red card? No, not a red card. And I was the one that kind of came out early and too early, honestly, um, saying, you know, let's not destroy. USL has been a physical league for a long time, and I love that. I really do. Um, so that's not a red. I, I, I'm 100% in on it not being a red. Um, but it's also, like Pony said, it's not a non-call. I mean, sure. it was early. It was somewhat retaliatory. But you need to – you got to rein that in for sure, and perhaps he did later in the game. I didn't actually watch the game. Um, but you know, I did get a lot of feedback from everyone and, um, I would definitely say it's somewhere, you know, between a red and a no call, which it was neither in this game or it right. was a no call rather, you but know, you know what the difference, the, the middle ground between a no call and a red card is it's called a yellow card. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I guess my big point was, I don't want it to, I don't want to lose the physicality. So if he had to err on nothing, I almost feel like that's better than a red card. Here's the problem is that from what I heard, I don't know if this is 100% true, the dude cracked his skull open or he had a he cut was unconscious. on the ground. Yeah. He was unconscious. Okay. So obviously at that point, if I was a ref, I'd be apologizing to the teams afterward and saying I missed that and I 
really screwed up, especially because someone got hurt and, you know, he messed up. And I think I would own up to that and feel really bad because the whole point of a penalty is that exact thing. If someone gets hurt, that's all we're trying to avoid here. It's a fun, good gamemanship sport to be physical here and there. But if someone gets that hurt, it's unacceptable. So United Soccer Leagues, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. There you go. Suck it up, boys. <laughs> Kev, red card, not red card. Uh, I didn't see it, so I don't really know. But um, if I'm the ref, if it's early in the game and the player, it's not like... Because I was about to say, eh, yellow card's fine. But as Phil said, if the player is unconscious, I'd be like, mm, I'm going to give you another yellow card, maybe just for dissent. I don't know. But somehow I got to send you off because that's yeah. bad. Or at the very least, just own up to the mistake. I mean, be be yeah. human or, you know, human is you're being human. That's fine. But just go to the team and be like, hey, I'm human. I made a mistake. Let me own up to it. Apologize and, and just be a, a big, a, a big person about it. You know, not be like, I'm a ref. Leave me alone. Mm. And yeah. I think. Go ahead, Evan. Sorry. So, so, like, I'm okay with that not being an automatic red card, um, because you know it's it's an it's an objective thing. It's an opinion. Um, it, it happens, right? Like, that's not you know, human error is is natural. We're not supposed to get everything perfect 100 percent of the time. That being said, if you knock a guy out, or if you involve yourself in a play, and it's not like they both went up for a header and went head to head, or one of those incidental kind of contacts things. Um, in my opinion, if you're making that aggressive of a move towards one guy, I'm going to suspend you for one game after the fact. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see the discipline because, report tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, no, that's and, and that'll be interesting to see when that comes out. But that's where I'm going with that is I don't really care at this point what the referee did or didn't do, even though I think that was at least a yellow, um, if not a red, just because of the, the force of that. Um, and that it was retaliatory. I don't. I don't like that. I get it. The guy shoved you in the back, but I mean, if you're gonna start throwing, you know, hockey checks or, or rugby hits at guys every time they shove you, then every corner is gonna become a demolition derby. Um, you know. But at the same time, you know, what you did is is potentially impacting someone's ability to make money for the rest of this season, or be a normal human being for that. Right. Matter. Right. And, yeah, you know, at the worst case scenario, if you, you know, injure that guy for a long time, you know, they're not going to have a job. They're not going to be able to, you know, like, no. God forbid you break his neck. He can't walk again, you know. Um, and because of that, I think you sit at home for a week and think about what you did and come back a little right. bit less edgy. Yeah. I think that's perfect. And I do think this is a learning thing. Like we talked about new center refs, their first game in, in yep. second division. We don't want that per se, but. But this guy is learning to go on to better things. You know, we have American right. refs that are going to the World Cup. So we want this guy to have that opportunity perhaps five, ten years from now. And perhaps he can look back on this as, as a learning opportunity. And that's what I want to make clear to people who are going off on this guy and saying, you know, pro, you know, talk to pro. USL needs to do this, that, yeah. and that to pro. Listen, the conversation, the biweekly conversations aren't just to rip them a new one. It's to say, hey, this is what we value player safety. This is might be something you can do better with next week. And, and, and we all move on from there. That. And um, I know, uh, I, I think um, JS by on, on Twitter is a, a, a friend of the show wanted us to mention, and I will um, the league, any league doesn't get to pick who their officials are week in and week out. And I think that's important mm -hmm. um, because, uh, and honestly, it's not, it's not, uh, 
you know, feasible for both USL and MLS to be like, all right, well, we want Hire Marufo every week and we want, you know, Ted Uncle every week. Well, which which he probably wouldn't, but um, you know, the USL doesn't get to pick who's given to them. That's how that works. And no and so be crying uncle. <laughs> hey, um, you know, so I think that's an important decision to make too. It's not up to Jake Edwards or or you know, the GMs of the league or the the technical directors or the players or the coaches to pick their referee. Um, you know, those are given out by pro or by USSF and, and, you know, it's kind of what you're dealing with. So, um, sure, you know, be upset at the referees or lament that, you know, we're not where we need to be with officials, but, um, don't be mad at the league, please. Uh, and also I would like to tell everyone to keep in mind that all of these professional accounts have people that are paid to run them that Mm. don't also have really any influence over the day-to-day operations of the things that they represent. So please at least try to be kind of kind to them. It's true. Right. I think (laughs) I've bitched at companies on Twitter, you know, just as well, but let's, you know, let's calm down a little bit and then, and then think about our tweets before we send them. Also don't just send emails to MLS.com. That won't work. Right. I think one other thing to consider to me, at least is I don't think this was, malicious trying to hurt somebody i think this was supposed to be a hey i'm here i'm probably gonna get a yellow card for a shoulder to shoulder hit but walker happened to turn upfield about half a step before the guy got there yeah so that's a long way to run for a shoulder to shoulder yeah i mean i don't think he was trying to hurt him i think he was trying to say like i'm gonna get yellow card in in retaliation you're gonna know i'm here but it's this wasn't a uh romeo parks situation no yeah if he could finish off you know exactly what it is, what I'm talking about. Because that was, yeah. Romeo Parks was the epitome of, I am trying to hurt my opponent in this move. It wasn't a, well, maybe, no, this, this to me, what happened in the Andy Cincinnati game was a very dumb decision, a very excessive force decision, but I don't think he was actually trying to hurt somebody. And that's Uh, a major difference to me. Agree. Yeah. Romeo Parks should not be playing league football. Um, I agree. But here we are. Uh, and I don't really care to say enough or anything else on that one. So we'll move on. Reno and Phoenix, Phoenix rise and get a one nil victory. Guys, they look good. Yeah, especially to get a win against Reno. That's that's pretty all right. Well, it was stoppage time penalty kick, but that's fair. Still, Reno didn't look bad in this game. They just weren't able to. Phoenix got the last minute. They got a. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a bad PK. It was a legitimate call from what I saw. But they get away with the win, and Reno's struggling out the gate still a little bit, which is, I don't think anyone saw him with one point after three games. Yeah. Uh, Louisville win at home in what will probably be a preview of your Eastern Conference final, um, or should be. One nothing. It's hard. It's it's, honestly, it's hard to go into either of those stadiums and pick up wins, Al Lang or, um, or Slugger. So. It's kind of a shame that they don't do reverse fixtures for the playoffs in USL because that would be a really fun one. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Louisville gets an important win and, and they'll be riding momentum in that one in the next week for sure. Look yeah. for that interview with Bourgeois for uh, Nashville yeah. talking yeah. about the field. Carson Merck posted that for us. And, um, you know, the field's in bad shape. They're trying to cover up with a Band-Aid and it's, it's bad. So Carson's been killing it recently with player interviews. He got Bourgeois. He had uh, Hugh, Hugh Roberts, who was a, a super cool dude and started his own podcast. 
coming up, which will be interesting. Um, so yeah, good good interviews coming out of our, our boy Carson over there. Love you. Um, Toronto, the Battle of Ontario uh, did not did not happen. <laughs> so we'll move on. Is that one per week so far? One. Uh, per- well, it was two this week, so I don't two, care if it's been one per week. But it, it evens out to be one per week. Yeah. So we're we're good. We're doing it great. Yeah. Uh, RGV versus Sacramento. It was a draw two two. Um, Pony. Yeah, RGV looks pretty pretty good this season. They're not they're not as not remotely as bad as we were last year. I don't think they're as good as they were in their first season where they made a huge run in the West. But they can score. They could play defense. This game was a little bit weird due to some questionable penalty kicks. I know RGV got one of their goals on a kick where it probably wasn't a penalty. It was a pretty run-of-the-middle shoulder-to-shoulder challenge, and the guy just went down in the box and managed to draw the penalty, and they converted. Then Sacramento, I guess, somewhat retaliated with a dive in the box, which got called a penalty but got saved. RGV went up two goals pretty late, but Sacramento drew a goal back around the 80th minute and got a point on a stoppage time, almost stoppage time level own goal. So I think Sacramento has been lucky at this point. Their defense is not as solid as it's been in the last few years. They're still getting stuff together. But when your entire back four and your keeper is four players who are new to the team, plus one guy who was a midfielder last year, that's not really the worst thing in the world. But RGV, you really can't look past these guys at this point. They've played only two games, but they're two very good draws. I wouldn't at all be surprised to see them hanging around the low end of the playoff table at the end of the season and probably taking a few games that people go, wait, why did RGV just beat this team who was supposed to be good 2-1 and things like that? Mm-hmm. Completely agree. I think they defend especially well watching them in week one. Um, so I agree with you 100%. I think they could steal a lot of games that people are underestimating them in. Right. Next game. Uh, sorry, go for it. No, I was saying buy in early because I don't think they're going to be underestimating for too long. Mm. Yeah, you might be they're right. Gonna, uh, they're going to go on a hot streak here and get a couple wins and everyone's go, oh, RGV is great. <laughs> RG, RGV is the Spotify IPO of USL this year. There you go. That's, a, that's a joke for two people. Someone. Probably. Kyle, Kyle, let me know if you got that one. I know you're out there. You might have got that. Anyway, uh, Fresno did it again, guys. I'm back. I'm back in on Fresno. I don't know if it's a Fox thing because I like those, <laughs> or if it's, or if it's a, it's a just a desire to see them do well because their color scheme or or that they're called the Zoros, which I know is Spanish for foxes, but I just think of the movie about the guy with the sword. No. Did it, it well? It's all right. Uh, Antonio Banderas, right? Yeah. Depends on which one, right? No, that's fair. The one that I want it to be is Antonio Banderas. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. But they won again. They beat Oklahoma City, who I just realized I'm still not going to make any friends with after that rant. Um, but it's it's all good. I know. I don't know. After this many games, I'm starting yeah. to think we might be right about them. It is still early, and I forgot. Um, Angulo is out. So no one forget that Angulo has been out. They don't have a true number nine per se. And that's something they talked about on their podcast. So um, go listen to off pitch. Maybe they're right. Maybe we're right. We'll see what happens. We'll find out. Come into the year. We'll have a good laugh about it. I'm sure. Hope so. And then, yeah. uh, and the final game of the week. Sorry. Also, the Fresno, we have Fresno, Oklahoma city. If you missed it, 
Kafa, who is basically the guy I talk more than anyone else in the entire league, had an absolutely beautiful free kick goal. Mm. It's one of those where if you have a ball 25, 30 yards out, I can't think of anyone else in the league I'd rather have behind it than him. It's one of those put it perfect top corner, keeper had no chance, and that was a it's on the goal of the week voting on this for this week. It was and he'll have two more of those this season. Pony, do you know who's behind us this podcast as the ball that wants to be st- struck into the net of good merchandise and apparel? I don't know. Who I, is know. It? I know. <laughs> Phil, I know. Phil, it's 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 my good friend DK and, and the lovely people at Soccer Loco. It is. Mm-hmm. Who will now forever be known as the people that want to hit me into the net of cool apparel and gear. Uh, now, how you're going to get to their website, which is lovely, is uh, by going to our website, uslshow.com. And there will be a box that will say Soccer Loco. You click on that. It will take you through anything you buy on there. Uh, one, you get it, which is sweet. Have you seen Have you seen the Poland kits this year? They're fire. I don't like Germany's ones because it just makes them look like Mexico. <laughs> anyway. I noticed that too, actually. Yeah, it was really weird. I was like, they're playing Mexico and they look like they are Mexico. That'll be that'll be difficult. Um, anyway, uh, but then, you know, like cleats and, and soccer balls and things like that. If you want to pretend to learn how to kick a soccer ball like I did earlier in the week and completely knacker my ankle, go for it. USLshow.com. Click on the soccer local link. Also, there's a Patreon. I'm not saying that you have to support yourself or, or support us financially through there, but um if you do, like uh, like our recent good friends uh, Goose actually dropped us a dollar, and then uh, and then Harry from San Antonio or uh, Austin rather is back on, so uh, so welcome back or welcome for the first time, guys. I love all of you who are supporting us. But if you want to do that, feel free to check us out patreon.com backslash the USL show. Anyway, um, I should have done that after this next match, but I couldn't resist making a comparison to us being a soccer ball and DK taking a free kick. Anyway. Um, Las Vegas beats Swift Park Rangers, which is weird and awkward, and I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. They made a llama joke after the game too, which I didn't get. But well, I you were the only one that actually picked Vegas to win. That's yeah, true. by by the score that they won. So I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, you're welcome, Las Vegas. I, well, <laughs> I just, shoes. I just think that Vegas yeah. at home might be a difficult team to play. I think that's I mean, what it is. I think they, they get everyone in like a rear rear window vertigo, the shining kind of vibe, and they just kind of throw you off and score and win. And then you yeah, leave. it's it's because like I said before, it's insanity, it's chaos there, and they take advantage of that. And 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 then when the summer comes, like I don't care if they're playing at ten o'clock at night, it's going to be hot as hell, and they'll have advantage that way. Well, um, no, hell is in Michigan, so. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a, there's a Helmish. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> to, to me, Vegas is good at exactly two things. The first is finishing their chances. Oh, okay, three things. Llamas. They could finish chances. They have six goals on 11 shots on goal this season. If you could convert even a third, that's pretty impressive. But six from 11 is good. But also they're surprising. Well, Surprisingly, just they're, they're lucky. This game, they actually won two to one oh, with one shot on goal. <laughs> Unless they stat corrected it, they won two to one with one shot on goal. Yeah. Wow. Vegas has. I think that's the only one. That, I think that's the only game so far this season that's had that happen. I know the last week's the one one Fresno LA draw originally had LA no shots on goal, but they corrected it own goal to an LA goal. So. But if you could win with if you could if you could win with more goals and shots on goal, 
more power to you, but I'm a little bit nervous of a Las Vegas course correcting at some point here mm-hmm. because well, they can't stay this efficient and they can't get this lucky every single week. That, that's true. That's why I'm saying I think if they are good, they're only going to be really good at home. I don't. I just don't see them being good on the road. I could buy that. I mean, they look. They didn't look. They look like the worst team against Fresno and against Swope Park, but they did look like a pretty good team against Reno. So I'm not sure who they're really going to be. Guys, no, they're as as Evan put it, they'll be a performance art piece. It's true. It's it's avant garde bullshit. They just interpret soccer. <laughs> they have found the absurd and they have faced it. And now they are coming out better than than ever before, much like Albert Camus. <laughs> um guys speaking of long pieces of well they weren't his books weren't really long speaking of wordy things that are decently hard to understand can i read some statements by organizations today <laughs> great i'm going to <laughs> today started with the mls players association evan it's the usl show I, sh- the MLS Players Association released a statement at about 9.30 this morning, Eastern Standard Time. It has come to our attention that FC Cincinnati of the USL has attempted to void a valid and enforceable contract with Tom Heineman, which I think is the first time all year we've ever seen him called Tom, by the way, uh, a veteran player and former MLSPA member. Despite having failed to meet its obligation to conduct a physical examination prior to signing Heinemann, and despite repeated medical assurances regarding his ability to continue to play at the same high level, the club attempted to force Tom to accept a pay cut because of a past knee injury. Uh, I believe they wanted to go more incentive-based than what they were previously offering. Don't quote me on that. When these efforts failed, the club then moved to void the contract entirely in clear violation of its terms. We are deeply disappointed by the club's actions. Tom met all of the requirements of the contract he signed with the club regarding the disclosure of previous injuries and access to medical records. He moved his family to Cincinnati and reported for training on time and ready to train. He was compliant with his contractual obligations, healthy and prepared to perform on the field in 2018 at the same level uh, as he has with significant success over the past few years. Most recently in 2017, uh, I, I forget what, NASL championship season with the San Francisco Deltas. I think that's how you say that. Correct. Uh, Okay, great. In which he started or appeared in all but three matches. Tom appealed the club's actions to the USL. The league office correctly ruled in his favor and ordered FC Cincinnati to perform its obligations under the contract. The club has refused to comply with this order and has taken the matter to a costly and time-consuming formal arbitration, thus forcing Tom to devote even more resources to protect himself from the club's breach of his contract. In the meantime, Tom has been signed and medically cleared to play by Penn FC, which, reminder, he played all 90 minutes uh, this weekend after being signed on a Thursday. So quick turnover, but he did play all 90 minutes and was, by all accounts, walking around and, and shaking everybody's hand after the match. So, you know, didn't break his leg in that game. At a significantly lower salary than what he is owed by FC Cincinnati, forcing yet another move for his wife and young son. We find the behavior of FC Cincinnati in this instance to be deplorable and well below the standards necessary to succeed in MLS. The club needs to comply with their ruling from USL so that Tom and his young family can move on from their regrettable uh, experience, which actually cuts off. But regardless, uh, yeah, so there was that. Um, a couple things. One, if you want to have a good time and, and figure out uh, who feels away about this, look at the likes on that tweet right now. It's a good time. Uh, that prompted FC Cincinnati because, you know, why wouldn't you, to release a statement seven hours ago um, at uh, like midday, roughly. Uh, and it says... 
FC Cincinnati is aware of the MLS Players Association statement made regarding Tom Heineman. We strongly disagree with both the, both the MLSPA and USL's positions and are looking forward to presenting our full case to the Neutral American Arbitration Association or AAA. No, not that one for the cars. That would be weird. <laughs> As part of the dispute resolution process outlined in the USL standard contract, which begins later this month. We understand that the decision rendered during arbitration will be binding for both parties. So, um, guys, what this means basically is that we're going to have to go to court to figure this out. Now, um, a couple things that I'd like to bring your attention. One, FC Cincinnati did not have a technical director at the time of signing Tom Heineman. They have now got one, I'm assuming, because this came back and bit them in the ass. Uh, and B, this whole thing is really weird because Tom Heineman was one of their kind of marquee signings in the offseason. Um, so I don't know if they think they have something that we haven't seen yet for the arbitration to decide on. Um, but this just kind of seems unnecessary and really petty. Uh, I did, I didn't try to reach out to FC Cincinnati earlier today for comment and they responded by yelling ticket sales, uh, blowing an air horn 20 times in the phone and then hanging up, uh, before emailing me a coupon for a free skyline chili at any one of their Cincinnati locations, which, um, I'm flattered. That's nice. Thank you. Again, I didn't do that just in case, you know, the club that makes a ton of money and hires a bunch of people. To, I, I didn't do that. Don't come after me. If you if you get mad at me for saying that, you look dumb. So there you go. Have fun. Anyway, I can't wait to be in arbitration for six months with FC Cincinnati now. Um, guys, what's going on here? Is there anything that we haven't seen that might pop up? Or is this just kind of FC Cincinnati not wanting to take an L in a playoff again? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> uh, to be fair yeah i actually put my thoughts into a statement and uh we posted that so yeah we did we posted a statement as the usl show because we can also post statements on nice backgrounds with letters and things that... we can do yeah so um <laughs> that was fun I had that a was a good time i had a great time releasing a formal statement as I'm sure the MLS Players Union, who, why are you here? And FC Cincinnati with, why don't you just, you know, wait until you're in arbitration to talk to anybody? Um, uh, man, this whole thing is dumb. Can we just... Yeah. Yeah. So, I... so the, the only possible out for Cincinnati here, right, is that they, they, they did give him a medical before they signed him and they just didn't show anybody yet? Like, what? Even if Cincinnati wins in arbitration, I still think they come off looking bad. They just kind of look like jerks, right? There's no, there's no win for them. I think, while they could be technically correct, and you know, technically correct, technically correct is best type of correct, but in the end, you're not going to look good to the rest of the league. You're not going to look good to the players in the league. Mm -hmm. For I don't think it could cause too much damage to MLS bid, but it's not a good look for that either. But I just think their move was to say, okay, we lost the first round. We're going to just go away, pay him what he needs to be paid, if that's what the ruling was, right. and go into the season and say, look how good we're doing. They have two one zero wins. They had three of those all last year. They should be going, look at us. We could win low scoring games. Our defense is good. Not, oh, by the way, we're fighting this guy again. That's right. negative press yeah. when you actually should have positive press from the on-field play here it's just confusing to me that they're they're doing something that i mean best case they save a little bit of money 
Uh, that's that's one confusing part is I'm not sure what they gain here. Perhaps um, maybe they need the money, which I think would be. No, really no, 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 no. You signed 800 people this offseason. I know. So that's where I'm most confused, honestly, with all this. Sure, there might be businessmen as a part of their ownership group that just aren't going to stand for something they think they're being cheated out of. And, and mm. part of me thinks that's what's going on. Mm. I'm in the apartment business and people get ruthless over like silly, silly things. Um, just go, especially contracts, contractual things. People just get upset over this kind of stuff and they're willing to fight it to the end. And, and part of it smells like that to me. Um, but I will say that I don't think Cincinnati would seek out arbitration and then make it super public unless they thought they were going to win. So yeah. we may not know the details. Obviously, they're not going to share the details with anyone. I went to Cincinnati Soccer Talk and was like, what the hell's going on here? How good are you guys? Can you tell us what the hell's going on? And they were like, no. I mean, no one's telling us anything. And if those guys aren't hearing anything, that probably means no one's hearing anything. So yeah. um, we don't know. But it does seem like perhaps they think they have a possible win here. And I wouldn't put it past them to win in arbitration, which would prove a lot. But again, as Pony alluded to, what do they have to gain? Um, so the only thing I can I can think of in terms of why you would do this is a if if that relationship between the the ownership group because that's who it is. It's not this isn't the players suing Tommy Heineman. This isn't the coach suing Tommy Heineman. It's not the communications people suing or you know going to arbitration with Tommy Heineman and it's not you know it's it's the ownership group going the going the you know arbitration with this player who who does in fact have a fan not to continuously bring that up, but he's got about 18 other things on his mind every day that he doesn't want to have to deal with arbitration, which is fair. You know, he's still a soccer player. He just signed to a new club. He had to move twice this year. The second time was to Harrisburg. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> um, sorry. That was the, that was really easy. I had to take that. I apologize. Um, so either the relationship between Tommy Heineman and FC Cincinnati, or I guess now we're calling him, sorry, the artist formerly known as Tommy Heineman, now Tom, and, nice. and FC Cincinnati got so bad that they're like, dude, we're just going to take you to court which is dumb or they really hate losing so much that they're like, we can win an arbitration. Let's just do it. And that's really petty. And the gay part of me loves it, but the like soccer loving, maybe <laughs> just do good things on the field. Part of me just really doesn't, doesn't like that. I, I feel like arbitration is the uh, lawyer room version of penalty kicks in a championship match to decide the winner. See, but they never got there. So I feel like arbitration is the playoff game against Louisville that you might actually win. I always like arbitration because it's independent and it's binding. It's my it's favorite, true. to be honest. Yeah. I think I it's love independent and binding things. Yay. <laughs> that, that's not how Phil talks at all, Kev. <laughs> I need to refine your Phil Grimm's impression. Oh God, I, can, I, I can't pass you off as Phil next week when he's not here now. <laughs> but um the Oh shoot! I lost my train of thought. I'm <laughs> you love arbitration because it's independent and binding, and petty. 
I do. Oh, I'm I'm also wondering something I forgot to mention is perhaps they wanted to win so bad they knew he couldn't afford to wait this yeah, out. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at, but I didn't want to say that out of respect no, for I how mean, much money he might be making or isn't making. If if these owners are businessmen and they just oh, want- and yeah, I mean FC Cincinnati's owners have millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, and Tommy Heineman, sorry, the artist formerly known as Tommy Heineman, doesn't have. I mean, well, to my knowledge, millions upon millions upon of dollars and we saw this in st louis honestly we saw a big ownership group versus a small ownership group and and um the small ownership group felt like they weren't being listened to and heard and, and maybe that was for certain reasons but they had no alternative but to go public with things and so hmm. sometimes the small guy has to go public to get that public on their side and then the bigger group wants to keep everything private and and uh, they get angry that everyone went public. They're like, who writes a public letter when all we're trying to do is figure out a, a contract problem? Sure. So we're probably angry as well. The the other thing I kind of wanted to see what you guys thought about was why is um, the MLS Players Association involved? Why do you think they stepped in here? Uh, because all the people that were going to do that for USL are either retired and or the, the, the lawyer that was going to start or attempt to start the USL um, Union is now an executive for Lazio, actually in Italy. Um, so the two guys that were really spearing up, and I for, uh, I forgot one of their names now. Damn it! The one of the the two guys that were really spearing up the USL Players Union. Which hello, if you'd like to talk to us, feel free. Bobby Warshaw was one of them, hmm. uh, and I forget the other one off the top of my head. But I know there was there was two players, and then a lawyer who's now an executive over at Lazio in, in Italy that were really spearheading a, a USL players union and obviously with any union that takes time and you know it's a, it's a professional risk to do that um and things like that and so now that all those guys there are that we're going to do that are gone um you know there's a lot less less passion or there's a lot less of a of a path to a union and I think because Heineman was in MLS at a point, the MLS Players Union wants to step in and kind of almost act like a, um, like an ACLU or like the Southern Poverty Law, which is a terrible uh, example. But in the same way that you know, it's a person that they are familiar with and that they care about, who's on a decently hard time or something like that, and they, you know. Um, they would they want to help the, uh, him out, or cynically, they want to make FC Cincinnati look bad. So that's why you release a statement on Twitter. Mm. Yeah, I, I that makes total sense to me, and that's probably exactly what's going on. I mean, I think I discussed earlier today in in chat. I was all like, maybe they know something that the public doesn't. Like maybe mm. there's something between. MLS in Cincinnati that you know maybe fans are hoping for or expecting it's kind of maybe some maybe some talks are getting more advanced than they thought and then the MLS players union is all like ah but look at what they're doing to this player you know let's uh, let's make a statement you know and just and start stirring the pot or something um, that was what I was thinking but I think your your idea makes a lot more sense yeah I think so too and and perhaps. Uh, we've talked about how USL, if they had their own players union, how much power they'd even have. You know, hey they guys, I got start a union. Well, just they, do it. Just start a union. My point I was about to make was that MLS, if they have the MLS union on their side, giving them more clout, 
you know, like then perhaps, you know, if things got bad enough, they could shut down two tiers of soccer in the United States right now. So that's like uh, the reason. Any, yeah. I mean, I'm saying this is like worst case scenario. Sure. But what USL Players Association is going to have enough money and backing to make any difference in the USL? That's the only reason I think it hasn't happened yet. But if they combine their efforts with MLS Association, MLS realizes, man, these guys need our help. They could, you know, get better and we can make it happen. I think that's the only way they could have any legitimate power in, in these sort of situations. In the yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be a direct hey, the MLS Players Union is now like the North American soccer play. Like, it's never going to be a joint thing. No. But, but um, I, I do think that... That way on a per diem basis if they have to. Right. And then I do think, you know, if, if there is a couple guys in USL right now that want to unionize and, you know, are either looking for a, uh, I don't know, a free platform to voice their opinions, either anonymously or not, uh, wink, wink. Or, um, you know, there's a roadmap there for establishing a players union within a professional soccer league in the United States, and it's through the MLS players union. So, um, obviously, in the short term, I hope this all works out for everybody and that arbitration, uh, I I honestly, in a way, hope that arbitration doesn't find anything that we didn't already know about. Yeah, me too. Because I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't want to care about this anymore. I want to tell sucks. I want to tell one story before we go, if I can. Please. that's I have a business professor that was awesome. You know, he was in this giant you know, corporation as the head HR guy for lots and lots of years, and he retired and became a professor. I took a class from him, luckily, and the guy talked about how his only job with this big corporation was to make sure that workers didn't unionize. And that sounds evil, but give me a second here. He would go to these factories all around the country and make sure everyone was happy. Okay. Because a happy worker doesn't want to unionize. They don't need to unionize for that matter. And so we'd go around to all these weird factory bosses, which we all have those bosses that for some reason want to give everybody nothing and they want to penny pinch and they want to be jerks for no apparent reason. Maybe they think they're going to make their bosses happy by doing this. And he goes to these people and says, why haven't you given these people fans and air conditioning repairs when they've been requesting it for months what is wrong with you so we go around and make sure everyone's being treated well so well that they don't even want to unionize and what people Mm. don't realize this is for usl front office perhaps um and anyone going into business what people don't realize is it's cheaper to treat your people right Mm. and give them a happy work environment than it is to deal with a union year in year out so usl Perhaps that's why they've been taking the player side. Maybe they want to keep that that relationship good. But, you know, perhaps Jake Edwards and the rest of the front office in USL, if you keep backing these players and make them feel like they're not being cheated, perhaps they won't need to unionize in the near future because they're talking about it right now. Um, so, you know, maybe nip this one in the butt. Who knows? We'll do this. Uh, we'll, we'll get out of here because we're, well, we're not terribly over, but we're over for where I like to be. Um, if any of you guys have any final thoughts, stick them before your plug. So Pony, I'll start with you. Okay. I'd like to do one more final shout out to Christian, Christian Duke, the orange County player who over the weekend had some remarkably petty, but I found very interesting likes on tweets saying that on the chain of, we're talking about how orange County is good. Then someone said, maybe Tulsa's just bad. And Christian Duke liked that. So I found that very, very petty. If you're listening, 
Hey, Thank Christian, I uh, laughed I'm not saying time. that we're a, a, a welcoming and free platform for you to voice your opinion, but we are a welcoming and free platform for you to voice your opinion, and our DMs are open. Yes, I would. <laughs> I enjoyed that very, very much when I saw that pop up. Us. That's what that means. <laughs> you know what just happened is Christian Dude was like, oh, people saw that I can like things. That's not good. Yeah, <laughs> like, like your mom on Twitter or whatever. Christian yeah. Duke is your mom on Twitter. Christian, that's what I'm going to call you from here on out. I'm sorry. We just talked Christian <laughs> something about the internet. Yeah, yeah. Someone sit him down. Internet 101 with Christian Duke. New weekly segment. <laughs> Pony, where can people find you on Twitter and the like? On Twitter, I as always am at, at Iron Pony Chef. I also write some for Blurbs and Domina, and you can find me there. And Ryan, who's absent this week as well. Yeah, our our international correspondent is busy with his family or something. I don't know. It's weird. Family. What are those? <laughs> I thought he was not the meme sure. about the shoes either. I'm I'm asking. Um, <laughs> Phil, where can people find you on the Twitters and other things? Um, SDL Soccer Report and Phil Grooms, two L's, two O's. Thanks for listening to my rants. I apologize for the length. No, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, it's important. Hopefully, it won't happen again this year. So, this will be kind of like your be all end all. How does the USL show feel about arbitration kind of podcast? Kev, <laughs> where can people find you on the Twitters and other things and other things? Oh, I'm on Twitter at PDX. I'm at PTK Podcast. Sometimes That's you can true. even find me at Stumptown Footy. Um, if we're if we're if I'm writing if I'm doing T2 matches and stuff, or even sometimes Timbers matches, you can find me at StumptownFooty.com, PlayTheKids.com, mm. and uh, also BGN.FM. Hey, look at that! Uh, if for whatever reason you would like to hear more of me and or read more of my words uh, or other things, or if you just want to, you know, talk about non-soccer related things, I don't really mind. At Valella Vias Victor, I-L-L-E-L-L-A-B-S-F-C, like the team that I color Bethlehem Steel Football Club. Uh, or at Brotherly Game, BrotherlyGameGot.com, which is the uh, the sister site of Stumptown Footy, as well as Blurbs Indomita. Um, and if you uh, if you want to learn more about this show or more of our ilk, the USLshow.com, which also has all of our archives, if you want to give those a listen and figure out who we are a little better or a little worse, depending. Um, where else can you find? Uh, and oh, <laughs> the Twitter, the Twitter. There's too many of you. There's like almost uh, uh, 1,200 of you now, which is insane. That's really cool. So thank you. Thank you. Invite your friends. Christian Duke, feel free to follow us. Um, <laughs> at the USL show is where you're going to do that. Also, Patreon, patreon.com backslash the USL show. Uh, but until next week, for uh, Kevin McCamish, for Pony, for Phil Grooms, for Ryan Allen, who's not here, and for the host and bevy of soccer friends that have been on this podcast. It's Evan Vlella. We'll talk to you guys next week. Definitely, definitely let us know how you're feeling after uh, after this episode comes out. We'll talk to you guys soon.